Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Inarticulate speech, inarticulate speech of the heart. Inarticulate speech, inarticulate speech of the heart. Inarticulate speech, inarticulate speech of the heart. Welcome to It's Your Voice, the show that hosts enriching conversations in diversity. My name is Bahia Yaksan. I am a core alignment coach, which means I help people pull out and get clear about what really matters to them, what their values are, and how to align our actions with our values so we're living better lives. And that benefits everyone. I'm also an emotional wisdom training specialist, specialist which means to help us remember to use our emotions wisely and not be run by them, but think them as like uh, signals and indicators of what we need to pay attention to. And then again, develop, you know, cognitive, intelligent behavior that serves us and others better. And I've been a diversity educator for many, many years. I'm really honored to be able to have a platform weekly to have conversations on all kinds of topics and uh, before I mention what we're doing tonight, I just want to remind any listeners or viewers, if you're interested in seeing my training offers or classes, and which I can tailor for various groups and organizations, I also coach individuals, you can find that information on my website, which is called knowwhatyouwantcoaching.wordpress.com. You can also contact me on the contact page. And let me know if you're interested in training or have show suggestions. Um, I'd be happy to hear from you. 
Tonight, we are talking about voting, and I titled this um, episode, Who Cares About Democracy Anyway? Because this is such an intense midterm election this year. If you're um, paying attention, even if you're not paying attention, uh, if you live in this country, you're, you're very likely um, to feel the tension, if not hear about the tension of so many hotly contested seats in our country. And I invited four panelists today to talk about what voting means to them and what is that phrase? I mean, I had to think about it a lot. You know, it's been a few months now of like, okay, what does that mean? What are democracies at stake? What the heck does that mean? How is it at stake? Um, and I, you know, I had to make a conscious effort to take that thought seriously. And I wanted to hear from other people, their thoughts. There's so many things we could discuss, um, but I wanna turn it over to the panel and let them share um, some of their views and uh, about voting, what democracy means to them, um, what is at stake now for this election. And I know a lot of people are dead set, apparently 21 million or more people have already voted, which is great. Um, but there are a lot of people who haven't voted yet. And I know there's some people who are feeling disillusioned and not wanting to vote or still not sure how to vote. So um, my hope is that this conversation will benefit many people. So I have four people tonight and I'm so excited. Uh, I, I'm gonna introduce first the one I have known the longest, Whitney Finstrom. Uh, he and I met, I hate to say it's been decades, many decades ago, we both served in the US Peace Corps in Nepal. And Whitney is someone who really cares about community and people. In fact, he's a community development worker. He studied affordable housing, studies all over the country. And um, just a, a, a great friend. And Whitney, thank you for being here from Pennsylvania. Thanks, Pia. <laughs> great to see you here. Great to see you. <laughs> Great to see you. We haven't talked for so long. This is not a scripted show. I don't know what's coming out of people's mouths, but I'm just delighted because you're so community oriented. I'm so happy you're Thanks. here. Yeah. And um, next, I want to introduce Caitlin Griggs, who is a social studies teacher. Uh, she recently achieved her master's degree in education from the School of Education at UC Davis. She loves teaching at her junior high and teaching the love of learning um, to young adults. Caitlin, thank you so much. I know you're also an artist. She's also an amazing artist. Oh, thank you so much. I was going to have my uh, camera oriented toward my art, but I, it's not about it's not about that. Even though it's like fun to have that in the background. So nice to see you again. You're welcome. And now in the evening. <laughs> I want to mention, I, and uh, Caitlin and I are both in California, and we have two more guests. And I'm just really grateful and honored because a dear, dear, dear friend from college introduced them to me I, and this is my first conversation with them they both live in georgia which we know there's all kinds of uh, election what should i say talk <laughs> um so uh, sophie mott please uh please uh join us i'm so happy that you're here and sophie is a retired high school english teacher uh, currently owns something called we shall be well want to hear about that she became a U.S. citizen eight years ago, although she mostly grew up in America, if I understand that correctly, and is a cranial sacral therapist for cats and dogs. It's awesome. They need <laughs> therapy, too. And fourth, fourthly, again, thanks to my dear college friend, um, 
is Andrea, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Is it Timpone? It is. Yes. Okay. Thank you also. And um, Andrea is the retired president and CEO of a nonprofit nature center in Land Preserve and enjoys outdoor activities, travel in beautiful places and sharing natural history with children and adults. And you're currently working as a poll worker for early voting in your community. I really want to hear about that. <laughs> but let's let's start with the basics. Um, and I, I, I think I'll maybe I'll just go in the order in which I introduce people for simplicity's sake. Um, it, it usually reverse orders from that are typical patterns in our society. I usually start with the women. <laughs> but Whitney, you you've known me the longest. So would you mind starting telling us like um, what voting means to you and how you're feeling? And I know a lot of people have like passion and feelings. And yeah, that's sure. Thanks, Mia. Can you hear me okay? Mm -hmm. okay? Okay, great. Yeah, it feels, uh, I'm sure everyone feels like this too, like in Georgia, of course, and Arizona, Nevada. Anyway, you know, it feels like ground central, uh, ground zero. You know, I'm in Western Pennsylvania, right? So I'm in Pittsburgh and we have Obama coming this Saturday and we have lots of people coming through because it is a really cr critical voting area. And like mm -hmm. a lot of other areas, a lot of areas um, around the country, you know, you get sort of democratic core, right? So um, Philadelphia in the East and then Pittsburgh in the West, those tend to vote heavily democratic. And then you have um, what James Carville called Alabama in the middle, not to blast Alabama, but you know, the T. So it's very conservative outside and uh, more democratic inside in the cities. Um, so just this past weekend, I was outside of the city, like up and down our street, frankly, a lot of Fetterman signs, you know, John Fetterman is running against Dr. Oz for Senate and um, Shapiro is running for governor as a Democrat against Mastriano, the Republican. So what always gets me is just the extreme uh, extreme contrast, you know. So in the city, mostly I haven't seen any Oz signs or I, mean, I, think, I think one Mastriano sign. Mm -hmm. You go just a little bit outside, it's all Oz and Mastriano. And mm -hmm. there's that constant contrast. Mm -hmm. And if you go to other parts of the country too, you'll, I'm sure you'll see the same thing. But Anyway, that's just, just something that's really struck me recently. But the other point I wanted to make was that, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to become a poll worker this year. Different things happening. But in 2020, I was a poll worker. I'd always wanted to do it. And um, I said, send me anywhere. I don't care in the city. It's you know. So I did it. It was a great experience. And, um, and very interesting because even then, you know, it was a little quieter. But, I mean, we had, we had some situations where people try to force their way into the voting area and they weren't, you know, officially people to watch the polls and that kind of stuff. So that happened even then. Um, and but interestingly enough too, even though um, Biden won the, you know, carried Pennsylvania, right? And, and, and Pittsburgh, the precinct where I was actually went for Trump. Um, and I, I wasn't too surprised because there were a lot of people who in the area where I work is fairly conservative and, and I, I could tell by people's sign, you know, hats and mm -hmm. scarves, right? Uh, that there wasn't going to be, it was going to be different, you know, at least for me. Um, and so I had to hang up the little strip. looks like a shopping strip, you know, up on the, I, in Pennsylvania, you, know, you tape it up on the, on the uh, door at the end of the election. 
uh, glass door. And it's, it's all the voting. It's a summary. Mm. And, you know, Trump had just barely won that precinct. Mm-hmm. Again, not so, so surprising given what I saw. Anyway, my point is that um, democracy is an engagement. You have to be heavily engaged. You cannot um, sit back. You can't just hope somebody else takes care of it because there are so many critical issues at hand. I mean, all you have to do is look around and, and listen, you know, and um, it does feel very personal this year. You know, I don't, there's a lot of hype here as probably everywhere, you know, tons of commercials, all negative. It's hard not to feel kind of down on mm-hmm. the process and democracy, to be honest. And sometimes I worry that that's kind of the intent of some of it because it feels, it feels, you feel sort of suppressed, you know, and I see this stuff going on, not to knock Arizona, mm-hmm. but you know, with the folks outside of those drop-off boxes with fully armed mm-hmm. I mean, voter suppression. I don't know. That's what I call it. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, those are just wide range of thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. And, and I appreciate you bringing up the, the voter suppression because certainly there are more barriers for some people and lots of intimidation more this, this year, That's the, and, uh, mm-hmm. which is incredibly discouraging. And so many people are yeah, frightened having tons of anxiety, depressed. It's it's a scary time. Um, so I appreciate you mentioning those things. And I, I want to actually drop down um, in, my, in my view. <laughs> I say down because Sophie's picture is lower than mine. Um, to just go to Sophie, to t- just give us a, um, I'm just going to say, ask the same broad question I asked Whitney, like what does voting mean to you right now? Well, I actually had to work hard to vote, meaning, um, though you can't tell by my accent, I've lived in the States well over four decades. I'm originally a citizen of Great Britain. And for many years, I simply chose not to become a citizen. In honesty, some of it was laziness. I didn't want to take the test. I didn't want to have to study for it. Um, and I also didn't feel that my vote was that important. Um, although I had done some um, volunteering and things for different political campaigns. Um, but then in 2013, um, during um, the time that um, Obama was president, um, I started hearing some things along the immigration line that things were going to become tougher. If you weren't a citizen, even though um, I was uh, a resident alien with a quote-unquote green card, um, that my life may change because of my status. Mm. And so that was really the impetus. I'd like to say that it was I was fervently behind democracy and I wanted to get out and vote. Um, but in all honesty, that wasn't the case. It was more fear on my part um, of of not being a citizen. And would I be welcome in whatever happens in the future? And I realized it was important. It was important for me. If I was going to volunteer, if I was going to say something or have an opinion, that I better back that up with a vote. Mm. And so I studied a lot. I really honestly don't know who people how people who are not native English English speakers pass the oral test. 
not a written test. It's very difficult. Um, in fact, one of my questions, which I found quite ironic, was for me to define what the definition of rule of law was. <laughs> and if that's not a yes or no number answer, nothing simple. You had to be able to say that no one is above the law, including, you know, the male man or male person or all the way up to the presidency. Mm -hmm. um, and so in, in, uh, I became a citizen in 2014. Um, and it was surprising to me, a really, really wonderful feeling to not only become a citizen, but the most important thing that I discovered was voting. Um, okay. It was incredible. Yeah. I'm just going to reiterate that the most important thing you discovered was voting. I also want to say, I don't know if you have a mic plugged in because there's a little static when you talk. Oh. Um, okay. I just want to mention that, but I did hear all of your words and really value them. And um, my father was also an immigrant and went through the, the whole process of becoming a citizen in his 20s uh, or 30s. And uh, he, he really pounded into us. Uh, uh, me and my siblings, how powerful it was to be a U.S. citizen. Like the, he just could never, in a positive way, get over how much freedom and the, to have the rights and the freedom. He just, he was just blown away and never, ever, ever took it for granted. And I see that so many times we can take things for granted when we we have the freedoms we've we've become accustomed to, and especially if we're not aware that we could lose them. Um, right. But let me turn to Andrea now. Thank you so much, Sophie. Sure. And what's on your mind, Andrea, as I ask, what, is, what does voting mean to you right now? What does it mean well, to you to be able to vote? Uh, to able to vote. Um, you know, in retrospect, I think, or I know that I probably have voted in every presidential election since I could vote. But up until recently, I probably didn't vote in some of the other elections admittedly until you know probably 10 years ago because i didn't think they made that much difference but mm -hmm. i have learned since then how much difference the, what difference those local decisions and those local elections mean and that they're every bit as important as voting in the presidential election mm -hmm. so um i haven't missed any in years and years and and uh, don't intend to till I, till I have to. Um, I have enjoyed. This has been my first um, experience as a poll worker. I retired last year, so first opportunity to do it. Um, and I, we have three weeks of early voting in Georgia uh, this year, and um, it's been a real learning experience. And, um, I will say that I don't see how there would be any way to. <laughs> to um, fudge the election results given all the security measures that are in place here. I can't attest to the fact whether they were there before or not, I don't know. But I mean, things are not just double, triple checked. I think they're checked 12 times and they're controlled in so many ways. Um, you know, we, we are, um, Sophie and I live in different parts of the state. Sophie's more city oriented. And so my experience is, is um, 
in living in a very conservative area. And in <clears> fact, <throat> at one point, our district was considered the most conservative district in the country. Um, I don't know if that still stands. It may very well stand. There are a lot of strong feelings. Um, there certainly, we've, if you watch any of the, the news channels, you see a tremendous, they even sneak into my Facebook feed now and even into some silly games I play on the phone. I'm beginning to see advertise, political advertisements, which just blows me away that they're finding me there too. So um, not to speak of all the asks for money, but, um, you know, this is, it's, it's, um, and driving, we just drove across the state. Um, you know, it's very different from Atlanta inside, as you can imagine, to, and around the perimeter to the rural areas. And I was just recently, um, and, and it's become so, I think people are so used to thinking in their own way of thinking that they don't we can't even begin to see the other side. There was a rural, one of our rural newspapers that published an article about a candidate's visit. And um, it was written in such a way that it was, I, it sounded like a political advertisement. And I commented on their Facebook page that, you know, it just seemed like a political advertisement. And lo and behold, I got kicked off their Facebook page for making that comment. So it's, um, you know, to some people, they, they're they just so used to thinking and seeing and being around other people that think the same way they do. They don't realize how, how much they think alike. And, um, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it, although I try to be. I actually watch some pretty diverse news programs that we don't need to go into here, but just so I can kind of hear what the others... Mm -hmm folks that don't think like me are thinking and saying, and um, it's a great way to raise your blood pressure. Um, <laughs> it's a really but, good idea. <laughs> but we, you know, everybody should be doing that because once in a while you'll see something or hear something and you think, well, now I understand why they're saying that or thinking that. Mm -hmm. So we just try to avoid talking politics in groups around where I live. So. So voting is important to me. I've loved being a poll worker. I can't wait to work on Tuesday um, for the big vote. Georgia Tonight on the news says we have had 1.6 million early voters already. So um, I, it's, it'll be interesting to see whether it's more conservative or more, more um, liberal uh, when push comes to sub. I just, I just can't even predict what, what it might be. We'll see. Yeah, adds <laughs> to the interestingness of these times when you got, yeah, major gubernatorial race and senatorial race yeah. and, mm -hmm. wow, lots, okay. Lots of mud flinging going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wanna come back around um, to talk, hear more about your experiences as you're sitting at the polls. Um, but let's check in with Caitlin first. Thank you so much, Andrea. So, Caitlin, what is on your mind related to voting and what it means to you? Um, to me, as a middle school teacher, it's funny because you would think, like, I don't know, they're they're pretty far from being able to vote, but 
it's often on the minds of the students as well and they are always asking about politics and things and i you know i don't like to say very specifically this is what i'm going to vote for or this or that but i never say anything like oh that doesn't matter or oh you don't need to worry about that you're too young or anything like that because for me um it's important to essentially commit yourself to being an engaged citizen and I want to be able to be a model for my students because I remember having teachers growing up where, who were apathetic about the system. And even when I was in high school, I remember one of my teachers said, oh, I never vote. And I didn't really understand like what that meant. And I remember hearing like some other students like being like, yeah, my parents say it's, it's not worth it and things like that. You know, like, oh, it doesn't even matter here in California or anything like that. And I remember coming to my parents with that because I have a really wonderful um, relationship with my parents. Uh, my father has always really engaged with me, this uh, great sense of like what it would be like to be a U.S. citizen, a lot like um, you were saying, Bahia, about your father. And uh, when I told him that one of my teachers said, oh, it doesn't matter, like voting doesn't matter, I never do it anyway, he was like, I mean, he was almost like upset and uh, disgusted that somebody who works in education would like say something like that um, to future future citizens. And so especially as a history teacher um, and as someone who works with kids, I just think it's really good to be a model and 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 showcase that um, voting is a way that you can have a voice, right? That it is a way that you are able to engage with your local politics too, because a lot of times they just are interested in like the major elections. But I mean, I'm just staring at my like Sacramento County um, measures and stuff like that. And I remember one of the first times I actually voted in local elections because I didn't quite understand it yet when I first started voting. Um, I love the rebuttals that there are between the two different sides. Like you can hear about for each measure, why is it that we should spend our money in this way or that way? And it reminds me of that great energy that I have with my students when they're gonna debate about something and they bring up their issues back and forth. And it's just a way to feel um, energized and a part of the system that we have in our country so that we can actually be a part of it. And so that's why it matters to me. If I, I'm gonna wear my I voted sticker so that they can see it and they, they, I don't have to say anything about what I voted for, but it's just, it's important to me. Mm. Thanks. I appreciate you sharing what your father thought too. And I can, I mean, really, honestly, um, I grew up mostly in this country, not entirely in this country, but with the privilege, um, like with the idea of you have the right to vote. Um, and Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the, and barriers, the barriers imposed on me that are imposed on other Americans and in some areas, with, with, especially with redistricting and stuff. But I can't imagine not having that right. You know, I, I think about what's going on in Iran and you name it, Lebanon, Ukraine, uh, and, uh, in places where 
as I said before, people are just like, would do anything for this kind of privilege. Um, it would be a shame <laughs> to, to lose a democracy. And I appreciate both you, Whitney, use the word in, engaging, engagement. I always think about the, you know, that democracy does require participation. And I think I want to um, kind of ask another round of questions about, um, and also before I do, Andrea, I really appreciated how you talked about how secure as a, as a poll worker, how secure elections are. And I, um, and I feel that we've had so many reassurances of the accuracy of the last presidential election results um, from so many different reliable sources that um, I don't doubt result. I don't doubt that we have a very secure system. Um, and it's, it's just sad that so many people have been sort of taught to doubt it. And I feel that's to me, one of the, the greatest uh, dangers mm -hmm. that could lead to losing the democracy is people no, no longer trusting it, no longer participating in it, uh, seeding doubt. Um, so I wanted to ask this time, kind of a go around of um, like, Whitney, what do you do to feel like you are? I mean, we're all we're all busy. We work hard. Um, some people have to work even more hours than I do, and are raising small kids. My kids are now young adults, and I think it's very hard to find the time. I mean, finding the time to vote is a big deal, but then finding and also finding the time to educate ourselves with information that we do believe and we feel we feel secure and confident about like knowing who we're going to vote for or what we're going to vote for. Whitney, can you share like how you find your, um, I, you know, I'd like to hear from each one of you. Um, and again, I mean, not necessarily, you know, and every state probably has, you know, websites, but I'm just saying like, what do you do to feel like, you know what you're doing <laughs> as a voter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh boy, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I, I lean on a couple different sources. I mean, one is the League of Women Voters. You know, they put out a mm -hmm. guide, so I'll check that. Um, and I, maybe it's incorrect, but I feel like I, I'm pretty familiar this year with all the you know candidates and issues. You know how it is. Some years it's like, okay, I don't know about that judge. I don't know that person and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, I feel pretty certain I know exactly how I'm going to vote. To be honest, I mean, you know, um, and um, so there's not a lot. I mean, there's very little that would change my opinion. To be honest, it's not. I think mm -hmm. I have a flexible mind, but you know, mm -hmm. things are so clear cut to me anyway. Um, I'm just trying to survive the negative uh, mm -hmm. crush going on right now. <laughs> you Ooh. know, uh, to, to plow through. Yeah, you know, but I mean, the way I then contribute, to, I, I haven't. Unfortunately, like I've done phone banks in the past, I've done, you know, lots of canvassing and that kind of stuff door to door. I just, I haven't this year, but, you know, I've done some donations and, um, you know, and that kind of thing and talked to friends and different people. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I, one thought I had, I'm just, if I could, don't mind if I could say briefly, that's a little disheartening about what's going on. I think in Pennsylvania, but I think it's going before the Supreme Court is a, a case where one candidate in, the, in Pennsylvania, let's just say, um, wants to 
have the power to actually override the popular vote and go right to the state house and let mm -hmm. the state house determine the election you know and that is to me anti-democratic if i should say because it's mm -hmm. you know, it's basically negates my vote right or anybody mm -hmm. else's vote and just goes right to you know and the reason for that is because of the crack and pack right it's the process of you know trying to realign the the um, voting just the districts, right? Congressional districts and so on. Um, reapportionment. And uh, and so what ends up happening in a lot of states, you know, I thought about this and I listened to an interesting program about it. That's why in a lot of states anymore, such as Pennsylvania and others, you tend to have a, a Democrat who's governor and a Republican state house. Hmm. It's usually statewide. It's, you know, it's popular vote, right? If, um, you know, for... Um, other races, it's it's dependent on how those districts are set up, and those are by people, <laughs> you know. And so, at least in in Pennsylvania, we have a Republican state house, and the Demo and the governor's a Democrat, and that's just the pattern. Just and the, the pattern seems to be repeating itself over and over in other states too. Anyway, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> no, I appreciate it's on that. My mind. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good example of um, a potential threat to democracy. Right. And, um, I'm glad you're paying attention and reminding the rest of us to think of things like that. How about you, um, Sophie? What, what would you like to add to like what helps you feel secure and informed about how your vote's going to impact the you know continuation of democracy, for instance? Right. I think there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of people who are disheartened with the uh, election process. And I, so I think out of that, some people choose not to vote. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that, that is um, troublesome because if that then becomes the case, then the people, the, dem the dem democratic pro process isn't, isn't working how it should. Um, I actually did a little research just looking at some statistics. You know how people always say, well, it's just my vote. One vote doesn't count. And I looked back, and in the initial um, run, running of the president, um, Andrew Jackson won by popular vote. But when it came down to the Electoral College, it was tied. So that one vote for the Electoral College went to John Quincy Adams. Hmm. So does your vote count? Absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's crucial that, I mean, I listen to and watch the debates. I look at lots of different news sources. I think Andrew was talking about, you know, trying to hear what, how, um, the, what your beliefs are and the opposite view may be to really take a look and see so that I, I want to feel like I really know what I'm voting for, who I'm voting for, and what the, what that person will do. Um, and so we have early elections. I'm happy to be part of the, the 1 million plus people in the state of Georgia who's, who's already early voted. Um, I think judging by uh, what happened in the election through the state of Georgia has really proven numerous times that it works, that it's valid, mm -hmm. um, and that 
that your voice, your vote counts. Thank you so much. And yeah, both of you mentioned, you and Andrew both mentioned looking at the opposite view and like it, it doesn't kill us to listen to other points of view and challenge ourselves to say, you know, and possibly learn something right. and possibly um, get to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, there's such a divide right now that somehow with democracy, if we become so schismed that there is just that vote or this vote and people aren't included, we're, we're going to the country will lose its way. Yeah, I, I honestly believe that, agree with that. Thank you, Sophie. Mm -hmm. Andrea, what would you like to add to that? You know, in this conversation, it's dawned on me, and Caitlin, I'm so glad you're pushing your students to be in, engaged and <clears throat> think ahead, and because I know a fair number of 20 and young 30-year-olds I've talked to that aren't going to vote, have never voted, and um, just aren't plugged in. Um, I, and, and I guess you'd have to say they just don't care. Um, even though they feel strongly maybe about an issue or two, they're just not going to be there. Um, that concerns me yeah. a whole lot because mm -hmm. these are the people actually that some of the decisions we're making now and in this election are going to have a tremendous impact on their lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. Um, so it, 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 I find it a befuddling. Um, I don't understand that. Um, and I'm not sure how we can engage them further and, and, um, you know, short of making it a requirement to vote <laughs> in this country. Um, you know, I don't know, Caitlin, maybe you have some perspective on that. Maybe your students are more engaged than the 20 and 30 somethings. Um, Thank you. Uh, would you want me to answer? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I would say I'm not sure if the 12 year olds are necessarily more engaged politically as in if they could that they would rush to the, the, the office. But um, what I would say is that I do definitely see that apathy in people that are in my age demographic. I'm like slowly not going to be in that demographic anymore. Um, but from what I see um, from a lot of the people I talk to, engaging with people online and other things, there's just this constant kind of, um, I don't know, this disbelief in the system. And that's, I think, definitely what um, both sides, uh, either extremist, right wing, or even all the way, like very far progressive, might like, really lead into that idea that like them having this apathy and, and hatred towards how things are that either it's tear it all down or it's um, you're right. And it is insecure. And, and the, you know, the, the box, um, like you're saying about um, voting places being um, intimidated with, with gunmen in Arizona, things like that. Like it makes a lot of sense about how there's this development in people my age who, have maybe had teachers or people in their lives who tell them that um, their vote doesn't matter. And then that can be twisted to, to be even more poisonous. But um, 
yeah, I wanted to answer the, the other question about how to educate ourselves too. Please, please. Yeah, is it my, it's my turn for that. Yes. Can I, should I raise my hand? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, for me, I think it's been very interesting. I believe it was, I think it was Whitney and Andrea who were talking about the bubbles that really emerge that you see like just locally in person. And I think that um, I'm sure you experience it as well because you are all highly connected individuals, um, especially for people in my generation, since they're so online, they get most of their information fed to them, right, through algorithms, either in social media. Um, I notice what my Google News likes to throw at me and things like that. And of course, I've subscribed to their own news sources that I want to. And sometimes my blood pressure gets heightened, just like Andrea, <laughs> I taking in some sources that maybe I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. But I've found that um, one way that I try to educate myself a little bit more in a way that's balanced to try and get to like, well, what's the core message behind um, this thing? Or what is the core thing that I can understand about this news is I like to look at multiple different um, news sources and see maybe how those titles or, or information has been skewed depending on what the leaning is on the mm -hmm. site. And one of the very, very best sources I found for that is a website called All Sides. And All Sides, it takes a bunch of different headlines from different sources, and it will tell you, okay, is it from this place, which is more right-wing leaning, this one's more left, and here's one that's maybe a little more central. And you can see how the wording might be changed just in the title for how, depending on what bubble someone's in, how mm. they might be fed um, the, the information regarding that. And so that's why I always, I said this earlier, like I really enjoy seeing the rebuttals, the arguments, and all mm -hmm. these different perspectives on, especially in California, our props that we have that we are going to be voting on very soon. Mm -hmm. And then also to see, well, what's the origin of that person? What is their background and their affiliation? Um, and these are the sort of things that I like to teach my students as well. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, you could never trust this person because they're on the board of this or that. But well, what is that board's mission? What is it that they want to do for our country? What is their allegiance to you as a person and your own beliefs? Um, and so it takes a long time, but I think if we're all curious and, and care about where we're going and we want to use our minds, then that's what I like to do. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. All sides, and Whitney mentioned Women's League of Voters, uh, two different sites that are historically trusted and reliable, really good um, researching information, but the Women League of Voters in particular. I wanted to um, respond to, Andrea, your question about, um, let's just say the 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because of my um, children, I I know 20, some 20 year olds, <laughs> fortunately, love them, great, great human beings. And I see that and I, I do, um, I, I think it's a luxury to, like, I don't assume everyone has the time to do this uh, and, and I prioritize it, but when I see an opportunity to talk to any one of them, not, and um, I really do, I really do sit down and, and try to ask questions, like not lecture, but like, you know, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't want to vote? Can you tell me what's behind that? And, uh, and not not argue, not debate, not brainwash, not say you've got to vote for this um, person, um, but just ask them open-ended questions and take them seriously as adults with really important opinions and values and 
um, just having, I mean, that's one thing, one thing I think I can do is just converse and have conversations and not let opportunities pass if and when we're with people who are disillusioned about it. Mm -hmm. um, because it can be like a, um, an epidemic, you know, it could spread. <laughs> um, so why not address it when and where we can? And I know that not everyone can do that. And, and we don't have to be history teachers <laughs> to be able to do that, just caring people. Um, and I wanted to just make a, a little bit of a comment myself about what influences who I vote for and how I vote. And then we'll just have one more brief go around because we have about four more minutes. Um, but I wanted to say that what I find that I look for not necessarily consciously, of course, I'm looking at the issues and, and it, what I see is lots of connections. Like it's really hard to separate, like say, um, I, I'll like the right to choose. Oh, thank you. Six minutes left. Um, to me, that is totally an econo that's totally related to economics. Like, I don't like, well, it's either economics or this, like I look for the connections between what we call the major issues. Um, and no one's perfect. There's always flaws with every single candidate. Uh, it's hard. I, I don't think I know anybody who's 100 percent happy who um, who doesn't appear to be like, let's say, drinking the Kool-Aid. There are some people who can do that. Um, but I believe that's a, a small minority. And I believe that people who have been um, convinced that one person or this person or that person is like got everything right. I think someday they're going to be, there'll be some kind of awakening and they might be really angry about what I consider um, misinformation that they've been given. I, I really do believe that there's going to be an awakening. Um, but anyway, I don't mean that in a religious way. I just mean in a, um, as we get more and more correct information by hopefully looking at other sources of information and listening, being willing to cultivate being willing to listen to opposite points of view but another thing that influences me is integrity it would be re it's really hard for me to vote for someone who i feel like is totally um either lying to me <laughs> or denying what we is actual factual like there's actually like primary sources of someone saying something and then completely saying the opposite and and i i, want, I do want to mention like and I've, i have voted we have democrats in my family we have republicans in my family and we have independent i mean we we have and we have lots and lots of arguments um, and debates, um, but I really, right now, really appreciate the the modeling that Liz Cheney's doing. You know, longstanding Republican who has said, "I don't think I've ever voted for a Democrat in my life," but this time I would, if it's voting for someone who is uh, perpetuating lies, mm -hmm. and um, or 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 um, encouraging violence. Like that, I, I just can't stand. Like I was telling uh, Whitney, and I haven't talked for a long time, but when he said, yeah, sure, I'll be on the show, I said, sometimes I just feel like I just want to vote for the most nonviolent candidate because the, the violence is increasing, the, the anti-Semitism, the, you know, threat, you know, the, the horrible stuff. I don't even need to go into specific ones, but the violence that's politically motivated is on the rise. So I definitely know not to vote for people who are promoting violence and who are profiting by voting violence um, for power, for money. Um, those are clearly people I don't want to vote for. <laughs> and then, um, and then of course, I look for the candidates with the most, whose values seem to actually align best with what I want for my community and my country. 
So I talked more than I thought, but we just have a, probably a, just if everybody takes um, just a one sentence, let me let you, let you have a closing thought. And I know that our, we need to wrap up, but Whitney, do you have a, like a closing thought? My closing thought is cut through the fog. That's my goal. Just Thank you. get clarity. Don't get muddled in the muck. <laughs> you know, I've got a friend who's, helps me through that muck and gets just to clarity. So that's, that's my message. Get to clarity. Great. Don't Thank get you. caught up in the fog. Cut through the fog. Thank you so much, Whitney. And how about you, Sophie? I think it's to please vote. That your vote matters. You matter. Your opinions matter. If you find somebody that matches that, please, please go out and vote, but also vote early. Then we don't run into problems at the polls, hopefully. Please vote. You matter. You think matters. Vote early. Thank you so much. How about you, Andrea? What's your closing I hit the nail on the, the head, Bahia, when you said, and this is what I do, is look for somebody that speaks truth. Yeah. And sometimes it's who speaks the most truth, because sometimes <laughs> they do, not everybody does anyway. So, But who is at least trying to be the most truthful? And they get my vote, no matter what side. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing that. Look for someone who speaks the truth, who speaks the most truth. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Caitlin, what's your closing thought? Um, to shift the statistics on young voters. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Shift the yep. statistics on your young yep. voters. Hopefully, when uh, Sophie's looking things up, there might be a, a little bit more about young people voting more. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to throw out anybody who can help voters get to polls, because there's some people who physically cannot get to polls, and I used to do that in high school. I would, you know, contact the, your uh, local entities to see who needs a ride to the polls if they can't vote. Really. That's one way to really help people vote, and, and through conversations like this. And I am thankful and grateful to all of you. Thank you so much for sharing this time. And I will want to thank our um, listeners and viewers. And I want to thank our DJ, our engineer, and our producer, Dean Piper. And encourage everyone to uh, tune in again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on W4CY and, and Talk4TV to It's Your Voice. And may we all have enriching conversations in diversity this week. Inarticulate speech, inarticulate speech of the heart. Inarticulate speech, inarticulate speech of the heart. Inarticulate speech, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.